What up, everybody? It's the Alex Leak and Friends NFL Podcast back for the wild card round of the playoffs. I got the crew with me. I got David Stoyo in Canada. Playoffs? You want to talk about playoffs? <laughs> and I got Gavin Heslov in Oregon. Hello. All right. We're ready to do this thing. Um, let's get right into it. First thing I want to talk about is uh, the one-seed Patriots. Um, all does not seem well in New England. I want to get your guys' input on this. Um, Thursday, a story broke about tensions in the Patriots building between owner Robert Kraft, head coach Bill Belichick, and the star quarterback Tom Brady. Um, the story in summary talks about head coach Bill Belichick banning Tom Brady's trainer and business partner Alex Guerrero um, based on based on rumors of a rift between Guerrero and team trainers and players. Brady was not happy about this, leading to tension between Belichick and Brady. That tension then led to a rift between Belichick and Kraft leading to a meeting where Kraft demanded Belichick trade backup quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, in which Belichick pretty much gave him away to friend Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco, with all signs pointing to Belichick leaving the Patriots after this season. This is a story um, published by ESPN. What are your guys' thoughts on this? Gavin, I'll start with you. I think that's just another offseason where... While they're not playing, the Patriots have a story talking about some BS controversy, and I'm crowning them Super Bowl champions now because this kind of stuff just fuels them. They don't care about this. They'll get over it. I think it's uh, um, way over over the top, um, just something that's drummed up, just so something to talk about during wild card week. Do you think there's any shot that Bill Belichick doesn't return to the Patriots next year? He's been rumored that Belichick would like to coach the New York Giants. Um, I think that it's possible. Um, I believe after last year, after they won the Super Bowl, there's a lot of talk um, between about Belichick and Brady. You know, when are they going to retire? Um, and this is an old story, so I might be misremembering, but I'm pretty confident that Belichick, you know, in his his mysterious ways, he um, said something to the effect of, I know when I'm going to retire. Yeah. Um, and it, there's something to do with how, it, it, at least it made me feel like he and, um, like he was going to retire when Brady retired, essentially, um, was, was the plan then. Because you can't really say, well, I'm, I'll go until I'm tired of it, because you can't plan for that. Um, it sounded like they need something a bit more concrete. Um, and while apparently you can't plan for when Tom Brady's going to retire, um, it's, that seemed like the more, um, the more, uh, the higher possibility than just when he was finished with the game. Cause I don't think that he will be, uh, for a while yet. Yeah. Um, it's pretty interesting. What do you think of this whole story, Stoya? I'm not buying it one bit. Yeah. Uh, the Patriots are the defeating world champions. They just earned another buy in the first round. They're 13-3. and three. ESPN just picked a bad timing to release the story. I think that if uh, the Patriots would have missed the playoff after a Super Bowl hangover, yeah, you could say something. But they're 13-3. and three. They've been dominating people 
even if they said something at the beginning of the season when they lost uh, against uh, the Chiefs, I would have bought the story a little bit more. But no, I'm not buying it one bit. And I am guaranteeing that Belichick will be the coach in 2018. Wow. It's just another story. Uh, it's going to take a lot more to dethrone the Patriots. And what happens off the field is just noise at this point. As Gavin said, they're probably going to win another Super Bowl. I hope they don't, but until someone dethrones them, they're the kings of the NFL, unfortunately. I'm going to go ahead and be the guy that says that this is it for Bill Belichick. I think that Belichick liked Garoppolo a lot. I think that he wanted him to be there as the replacement for Brady in case Brady got hurt. I think that Belichick is upset, and Belichick seems to be a hard-headed guy, and it wouldn't surprise me, even if they win, that he left uh, New England. I feel like um, Kraft kind of chose his side in this. I mean, if you believe the story, I think that you got to believe that there's some major tensions there and that uh, Belichick wants out, but... We'll see. I mean, I agree completely that the Patriots are the best team in football right now, and they're going to be tough to beat. So, we'll see how it all unfolds. I found the story I was referencing. Um, it was on February of last year. It was actually an interview with Robert Kraft, and he told the Washington Post that, uh, referring to Belichick's retiring, that it's a, uh, it's that he can coach there as long as he wants, referring to Belichick. But he said, we have a pact that we don't talk about that. He knows and I know, but he won't be done this year. So it's, like I was saying, it sounds like there's something a little bit more than just, um, you know, I don't think anything like this is going to cause this to end. Um, I think, if anything, Belichick was trying to uh, make sure that the, the – the franchise was set up for the future because Tom Brady is not immortal. Father time will show up. We've seen with quarterbacks over the years, whether it be Brett Favre or Peyton Manning. And when we talk about some of the elite QBs of the last decade or so, you'll see them go from an elite QB to a pretty pathetic starter um, yeah. in Pey one in one year. Peyton, Peyton Manning, yeah. Brett Favre took the Vikings to almost a Super Bowl and then was really bad the next year for yep. the same team. So I think that, if anything, Belichick, because he's I don't think he's going to be coaching for the next 10 years, but I think that he sees himself coaching for the next few years, particularly while Brady's still around. But he also is friends with Kraft. He's been there for the last, what is it, 18, 20 years now or so. So I think he wants him to be set up for the future, and that involves having a legitimate starting quarterback, and he knew that Garoppolo was one. But rather than trying to maintain him, particularly if this is his last year, and if Brady goes down, we all know this team is screwed. Yeah. Um, unless Belichick can find the appropriate uh, animal to sacrifice to, to <laughs> raise up another Philly QB. Um, but I think that he wanted the backup to also – help the franchise in the future but also help what could be his last run um, yeah it might he might be done and he might go to uh the giants but i don't think that he has any intention of coaching anywhere other than new england um because i don't think he wants to try and 
start anywhere else. I think he, I think he's got to be getting close to it, being done with it. Um, and it, you don't want to go and start another, especially in what's a rebuilding franchise there in New York. I don't think you want to go there unless you plan on coaching for another, you know, three, five years. If you're someone like Belichick who wants to achieve greatness, um, I think he'll, he'll stick with New England until Brady retires. Yeah, I would agree that the Giants may not be the best fit. You got a, you know, you got an aging Eli Manning over there as well. Um, and I would say the Patriots are a much better fit for trying to win now. Stoyo, I would say, do you, I mean, you have to believe a little bit. I feel like um, the trade, moving Garoppolo at the uh, trade deadline made little sense to me. Only getting a second round back and uh, with a 40-year-old quarterback there, uh, Garoppolo seemed like a perfect backup for Brady. Um, Stoyo, do you believe in that at all? I do, and it made me feel a bit better as a Chicago fan because I don't think that Garoppolo was available to just anybody for a second-round pick. I think uh, Belichick traded him to a friend, to a a good situation. He liked Garoppolo, so I don't think the Bears would have been able to get him. Yeah, Um, Yeah. Maybe Belichick will retire, but... I do not see in any way that he would go to the Giants, especially the Giants, because that's the team that beat him twice in the playoffs. He could have had seven rings by now if it wasn't for the Giants. So I don't think he would go to the enemy. Yeah, and uh, a story that I heard is that the Browns actually offered more for Jimmy Garoppolo. But Bill Belichick was upset about his uh, coaching time there and with the organization that pretty much Belichick said that he would trade Garoppolo to anyone but the Browns is a story that I heard. Those weren't the Browns back then when he worked for them. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's an interesting... You don't want to trade in the conference, too. Um, yeah. You don't. If, if, if he believed that Garoppolo was going to be a good QB, which it seems like it... Um, you don't want to trade him in someone that you might have to face in the playoffs. You want to face him at worst in the Super Bowl. Yeah, and you're doing him a favor by not sending him to the Browns. <laughs> right, I think that's basically a career killer. Yeah, I think that's the other thing. I think they wanted to do right by Garoppolo and put him in a situation where he could uh, achieve, you know, some success. And he goes to a quarterback-friendly coach in Shanahan into a franchise with a new GM that's looking to rebuild. Uh, they put him in a pretty good situation there in San Francisco, um, and a two isn't a whole lot, but um, you know, like I said, it might have been just a matter of making sure Garoppolo, you know, had something. Which doesn't, which now that I say it, it doesn't make any sense because that fell's a business, and yeah. you got to get everything that you can, and you have to think that um, you have to think some other franchise would have given up a first for him, but. In San Francisco, a second is pretty much a first. So, Yeah, and the way that it worked out for New England is they got a second, but they also kind of got Brian Hoyer out of it, too. Um, yeah, that was the sneakiest thing. Like They actually removed him from the deal Yeah, yeah and then just signed him, picked him up off waivers. <laughs> oh, freaking geniuses. Yeah, they always seem to figure out a way to one-up the other team. Um, so he, Brady thought he had competition with Garoppolo. 
now he has Hoyer looking over his shoulder, so he needs to be worried a little bit. <laughs> um, all right, well, yeah, we'll keep an eye on the, the Patriots as always. Um, let's get to the playoffs. The playoffs started up on Saturday with uh, the Titans shocking the Chiefs 22-21 to in Arrowhead after trailing 21-3 to early in the third quarter. Um, this game lo- lived up to the round name. It was wild. It included a Marcus Mariota touchdown pass to himself, a forward progress call on a Mariota sack fumble, um, Titans quarterback Mariota combines for 251 yards and two touchdowns. Alex quarter- Chiefs quarterback Alex Smith throws for 264 and two touchdowns. And uh, Titans running back Derrick Henry goes off for 191 total yards and a touchdown, um, including the game-winning first down run on a third and ten. Um, Stoyo, I know you watched this game closely. What did you think of the Titans' comeback? It was a great comeback. It was held by the refs a little bit. Yeah. But not the less. It's kind of unfortunate that Travis Kelsey uh, was injured. And basically after that injury, the Chiefs just folded. Yeah, he's a good tight end, but you need to find a way to uh, surpass that injury. It's just good playoff football. It was fun to watch. I'm glad they came back, even though I was cheering for Kansas City. I wanted to see a good ending, and it was a great ending. Yeah, and to that point, I was I was rooting for the Chiefs pretty hard, and in my opinion, I've called him all year long. I've said he's the X Factor, and inexplicably, Chiefs running back Kareem Hunt only got 14 touches in the game for 45 yards and a touchdown. Um, the touchdown came early. And I, in my opinion, especially with a big lead and Travis Kelsey going out with that concussion, in that second half, you have to feed Kareem Hunt. You go down, running the ball, taking time off the clock. Um, I, dis, I did not uh, agree with the Chiefs' play calling, especially in that second half. What do you think of this game, Gavin? Yeah, I was really shocked that the Titans were able to pull off this win. In fact... Um, as the Titans were lining up uh, in the fourth quarter, down 10 to 21, um, right the the snap right before they snapped the ball, and Derrick Henry made that 35 yard touchdown. I said to my father-in-law, "There's no way the Chiefs lose this game." <laughs> and then within, within a second, the ball is snapped. There runs Derrick Henry. Everyone laughs at me, and sure enough, I I was wrong. Um, I actually had completely forgotten about the Travis Kelsey injury because it happened um, earlier in the game and I thought nothing of it because I didn't think that his injury alone would be enough to cripple the uh, Chiefs offense from being able to score more. But uh, he obviously is a huge part of their their game plan and without a ton of uh, really offensive options to lean on, they do have Kareem Hunt that is useful in the passing game when they use him. Um, but outside of Kelsey, who is definitely the number one target, they have uh, Tyreek Hill, and then that's about it for people to really lean on for Alex Smith. Yeah. Um, I think that maybe this offseason they might look at adding another weapon to add because, as you can see here, when, when one goes down, uh, particularly their number one, they struggle to uh, get anything going on offense. They went scoreless in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. 
when the Tennessee was able to score the the twenty, what is that? Got a got a math here. Eighteen points. Yeah. Nineteen points. Yep. Yeah. Um. To Crazy. that to that point, you said that they need to get more help for Alex Smith. In my opinion, Alex Smith has has played his last game as a Kansas City Chief. What do you guys think about that? I think that'd be a mistake. I think he's an above average QB. I think it would be good for Mahomes to sit behind him for another year. I just don't understand why Alex Smith always gets the short end of the stick. Yeah. I think he's definitely a top 10 QB. And, <laughs> yeah. Oh, whoa, there's a hot take right there. <laughs> no, you don't think so? Look at what he did this season. He had, uh, what, 28 touchdowns and five picks, but he ne- he doesn't seem to get the job done in the big game. Um, Gavin, what's your take on Alex Smith possibly being out of there? Um, I think they'll probably try and um, I think they'll try and shop him a little bit this season, see if they can get something for him. It is his last year uh, of this contract, so yeah. um, they might be able to get something for him rather than just losing him through free agency. I do agree with Stoyo that uh, having Mahomes sit for another year um, would be good. He did look good in the last game that he the game that he played in week 17, but I think that. Um, going into the draft, everyone knew he was going to be a project QB, so I think he's still going to need a little bit more time. And he's having another year to sit and watch from someone um, out like Alex Smith, who is a good quarterback. I just I don't know if I'd call him top ten, but yeah. um, I think that would be beneficial for Mahomes and for the franchise. But um, I think they may uh, try and get rid of him in the middle of the season to a team that may have lost a QB or um, someone that really never had one yeah um, I know Denver would take him yeah. yeah they're not trading in the division that'd be the that'd be so dumb yeah what about a team like uh Cleveland I, I'm sure Cleveland would give up a lot to get a quarterback like Alex Smith or uh I mean a, a contender would probably give up a lot maybe Arizona would give up a lot for Alex Smith um in this game, after this game, referee Jeff Triplett announces that he will retire, which in my opinion was one day too late. Um, <laughs> credit to the Titans. They had a great comeback, but I saw some pretty obvious calls. The uh, forward progress, no fumble, was one of the most egregious calls I've ever seen, and uh, it definitely played a part in the comeback. Um, Stoyo. After this game, the Bears hire Chiefs offensive coordinator Matt Nagy to head coach. He comes from the Andy Reid coaching tree, which has quite a few uh, winning coaches out of there. Do you think this is a good hire for the Bears going forward? I do. I'm very happy about the hiring. It's a move that makes sense. He was a former arena football quarterback. He pays his due in Philadelphia. Kansas City. Yep. He actually was signed by Philadelphia to play one game uh, at quarterback when Kevin Cobb went down with injury, but the NFL vetoed that signing because he was still under an arena football contract. Wow. And he was uh, signed the same day again as a coach. So I think that it's the best signing we had in a long time, and I wish him the best. I'm a fan that he wanted the Chiefs to draft Trubisky 
last uh, off season and kept in touch with him throughout the year. Yep. So to already have some rapport, which is good news. Let's yeah. just see who he's going to be able to sign as a DC and the rest of the coaches he can bring in because he is only 39 years old, I believe. Yeah, I like the hire. I think that with what you see from Alex Smith and the Chiefs running the West Coast offense using Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey, it gives me um, a feeling like we could possibly do somewhat of the same thing with our young guys and Tariq Cohen, uh, Adam Shaheen, and uh, those guys, and Jordan Howard. So I hope that it's a good move. I hope that he surrounds himself with uh, good coordinators. I hope that Vic Fangio comes back, and if he doesn't, I hope we get a guy like Gus Bradley to be our D.C., I know we need a good DC here in Chicago, so um, hopefully that works out. Um, Gavin, what do you think of the Matt Nagy hire in the division? I I think that's a, a good hire. Um, I think as a, as Bears fans, you guys should be pretty excited. Um, Nagy was there in Kansas City for all of um, Alex Smith's tenure there, either as a um, offensive coordinator or as a quarterbacks coach. So. And those were definitely Smith's best years production-wise. So I think there's uh, there's a good chance that that can uh, carry over to Trubisky and you can see some development in what, for you guys and not for me, is hopefully your franchise QB. <laughs> um, so I, I think that's a smart move, especially after you see what happened with uh, the Rams after they put some really solid um, quarterback people around Jared Goff and how he was able to turn it around. I think Trubisky had an even better year than Goff did um, his rookie season, so I think that this is a um, this should help him improve as well. Just ho- hopefully, not as fast. Yeah. Speaking of head coaching moves, um, have you heard any news on the Detroit Lions front of possibly replace uh, who they're going to replace Jim Caldwell with? Um, I haven't heard any. There's nothing definitive yet. Yeah. I think that they're really. Uh, leaning towards uh, one of the Patriots coaches, which um, which really scares me. I I do not want either of them uh, personally. I don't think that uh, McDaniel's is a good leader, and Patricia hasn't put together a really solid defense uh, in a while, and so I don't like someone that's kind of failed at their lower tier job taking over an entire franchise. I would say I would say this. I think that Patricia is the better of the two, and uh, yardage wise, I'm not sure, but I know that last year the Patriots had the best scoring defense. So I'm hoping, or I'm not hoping, but I'm thinking that it could be Patricia could be the better of the two options. Um, I'm not sure who they've all hired or uh, interviewed yet, but I would think that. Patricia could work out. Jo- uh, Josh McDaniels has coached before, and that obviously did not work out. So we'll see how that goes. Um, I just really hope that you guys sign Josh McDaniels. <laughs> It'd be oh, the gosh. second coming of Jim Schwartz. And I would just sit down and enjoy the next few seasons. Just the derailment of another franchise. <laughs> Well, Stoyo, Jim Schwartz in his time had a number one defense in Detroit. Yeah, but how many playoff games did he? <laughs> All right, um, Stoyo, I know you're gonna like this. The Raiders officially hire ESPN analyst John Gruden to head coach. 
for a 10-year, $100 million contract. Is this the right move and worth the money? It's the right move. We'll see if he's going to finish that 10-year deal. Yeah. I was pretty much convinced that this was a deal done in the backroom deal earlier. So I had 100% faith that this was going to go down. How can you turn down $100 million? I don't care who you are. Yeah. But I think the Raiders are hungry. They want to win. Uh, Gruden finally going to have a good QB. They have a few decent defensive players. And I'm going to make this statement. The Raiders are going to the playoff next year. Wow. Gavin uh, Brent T. Gavin, I want to hear the rebuttal. Um... Well, I think I've already ranted about Gruden um, <laughs> on this podcast before. I think he's uh, – I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's probably going to be a good head coach, but I think that he's, he's overrated. How do, you feel, he's, how do you feel about the fit with the Raiders in particular? Like with- I think that it's – I think that they're going to have a really potent offense. Um, I think he's a good offensive head coach, and – more important to me than the signing of Gruden is the signing of offensive coordinator Greg Olson. If you followed him around, everywhere he goes, the quarterback for that team, including his time in Oakland, the quarterback thrived. He in Tampa Bay. Um, oh, who was that? Who was that guy they got from Kansas State? Uh, Josh uh, Freeman. Quarterback. Josh Freeman. Sorry. Yeah, Josh Freeman. He was there when Josh Freeman was looking like he was going to be decent. Um, he was there in Kansas City when uh, Derek Carr started. He left and was there for Blake Bortles' one good year of quarterback play. And then he was also the uh, offensive coordinator for the Rams this year. So everywhere he goes, the quarterback thrives. And so I think a combination of him and Gruden is going to be uh, really good for Derek Carr, assuming that he can stay healthy and his offensive line stay healthy. Yeah. Um, and also they've – the big question for me is the defense. Um, he inherit he being Gruden inherited a All Pro defense uh, in Tampa Bay, so I don't give him any credit for that. So I feel like he needs to have a really solid uh, defensive mind with him because that's one of the areas where the Raiders have really struggled over recent years. And I think they may have gotten that in Paul Gunther, who has been the defensive coordinator for the Bengals over the last uh, three or four years, and they haven't been uh, a Top tier defense all the way all over that time, but um, after Matt Mike Zimmer left for the Vikings, but he has been a, a pretty solid defensive coach. So uh, I think that if they can get uh, some more some more solid bodies there on that side of the ball, uh, they could be a really uh, legitimate contender in the AFC even as soon as next year. Yeah, I agree. I think I uh, think it's a good move, and we'll see. If Gruden can bring back the get back to success, he hasn't coached since I believe '08. So my only issue with Greg Olson is he takes a lot of time off to play with the Panthers. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think you're confused. I think there's two Greg Olsons. There's uh, but... I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have guys with the with the same name. That just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> All right, let's get to the next game on Saturday night. The Falcons stun the Rams 26-13 in L.A. Experience beats youth once again in the playoffs. 
Um, Atlanta quarterback Matt Ryan throws for 218 and a touchdown. L.A. quarterback Jared Goff throws for 259 and a touchdown. Rams running back Todd Gurley combines for 111 yards. Falcons receiver Julio Jones catches 9 for 94 and a touchdown. And L.A. wide receiver Robert Woods catches 9 for 142 but loses two costly fumbles on kick returns, resulting in 10 Atlanta points. Falcons veteran kicker Matt Bryant goes 4 for 4, including two from 50-plus. Um, Stoyo, were you surprised by the outcome in L.A.? I picked the Rams to win this game. Yeah. But I was kind of cheering for the Falcons to win. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely a little bit surprised. Uh, the Falcons secondary really showed up and played an amazing game, and I think that was a difference. And they were able to keep Gurley in check. So congrats to the Falcons. Uh, they will be playing the Eagles next. Yep. They are, are going to be the first sixth seed to be favored over first seed. Yeah. That would be interesting. Yeah. And I have the Falcons uh, beating the Eagles next week. I did, too, up until the point where I saw the Falcons were favored, and I think that does them a disservice. I think the Eagles are going to be ready to play. I mean, they're the they're the uh, one seed in the NFC, and they're at home, and they're the underdog. And I think that that defense especially is going to be very motivated, and they're going to need to be, though, going up against Julio Jones and Matt Ryan and those running backs, but... It'll be interesting. I think the Eagles will be very motivated going into this game. What do you think of the Falcons-Rams, uh, Gavin? Um, I was uh, pretty disappointed. Uh, I was really looking forward to seeing the Rams' uh, young team um, make a real deep push in the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, I really I really feel for Farrell Cooper, the Pro Bowl kick returner for the Rams. Um, he was he was responsible for those two puck. Oh yeah, that was, yeah, you're right. Yeah, the the fumbled punt return and the fumbled kickoff return, yeah. both recovered by the Falcons, which gave them fantastic uh, field position, which gave them two easy scores. Uh, I think it's, it was going to be hard for the Rams to to come back from that, and I real feel for for Cooper for such a young team going out. While it certainly wasn't his fault. Um, he, if he had been able to at least hold on to those punts, make a make a smarter decision on that punt, especially, I think they would have had a much better chance. It would have been a much better game. But um, yeah, I was, I was disappointed to see them out. But um, yeah, I think the the experience of the Falcons also played. I think they're hungry after um, they they just made their way into the playoffs and they you know, losing the Super Bowl last year in the fashion they did. I think they're really looking to be able to bounce back and make a push so I, i'm i'm really looking forward to this game uh coming up against the eagles be interesting to see how how nick Foles plays in his uh, first playoff game in in a while yeah yeah it'll be interesting to see um um hell of a year for the rookie head coach sean mcveigh he should be coach of the year most likely but uh and i expect the rams to be back and good as ever next year so We'll see how it turns out. On Sunday, the Jaguars shut down the Bills 10-3 in Jacksonville in a sloppy defensive battle. Jacksonville quarterback Blake Bortles 
combines for 185 yards total and a touchdown, and most importantly, in my opinion, no turnovers. Um, Bills quarterback Tyrod Taylor combines for 161 yards and an interception and left late in the fourth with a concussion. Bills backup quarterback Nathan Peterman uh, comes in in his place and throws the game-ending interception on the final drive. Um, I give Buffalo credit. Linebacker Lorenzo Alexander was all over the field, had 10 tackles and a sack. Um, Jags corner Jalen Ramsey sealed the deal with the game-winning interception, and the Jags will advance to play the Steelers on Sunday. Um, what do you think of this game, Stoyle? It was a fun game to watch. Yeah. I enjoy watching a defensive battle. Um, I think Blake Bortles had a chance to prove that he was the right QB for that team, and he failed at that on Sunday. Yeah. I believe he ended up having more rushing yards than passing yards. Yep. But that defense is a championship defense for sure. And they're going to have to find someone else in the offseason because I highly doubt that you'll be able to beat the Steelers if you put up 10 points. Yeah. In Pittsburgh. Yeah, especially in Pittsburgh. Gavin, what do you think? The Bills were in for the first time since 99, and the fans were all pumped up, and the Bills were excited, but they didn't really put forth, you know, three points isn't going to win you a playoff game. How would you feel about this game? I think uh, this is a game where we saw uh, two teams that will have new quarterbacks to start this this coming season. Yeah. Um, I, I think that, uh, especially after we saw how Taylor was benched kind of inexplicably earlier in the season for Peterman, um, I don't think that the the current staff there is sold on him as their franchise QB. So I I don't see him there, and I also don't see I don't see Bortles there. The only caveat with that is that they're going to be paying him nineteen million dollars because they picked up his fifth year uh, back in May uh, for some bizarre reason. But yeah. um, anyways, even with that, even with that, I think they're still going to look elsewhere. Um, Unless he plays out of his mind against the Steelers this coming week, um, I think this uh, this game is going to be uh, a real telling story. Which really they shouldn't they should have known this already that he was not going to take them anywhere. Um, but I think Stoyle called it a defensive battle. I call it uh, offensive ineptitude. Portals <laughs> um, looked really bad. Um, he did make some good throws, but he also missed some really easy passes, uh, short out routes to his receivers and, and halfbacks that he led them by at least four yards too many. Um, I think that uh, he just isn't a good quarterback, and he got to go. Yeah, I agree. Um the other game on Sunday, the Saints and the Panthers battled to the end. And a defensive stand by the Saints was the difference in a 31-26 game at the Superdome. Um, Saints quarterback Drew Brees throws for 376 and two touchdowns. Panthers quarterback Cam Newton combines for 386 yards and two touchdowns. Um, Saints wide receiver Michael Thomas and ex-Panther Ted Ginn Jr. combined for 246 and a touchdown. And on the other side, Panthers tight end Greg Olson and running back Christian McCaffrey combined for 208 yards 
and two touchdowns. Panthers kicker Graham Gano goes four for five, including a 57-yard field goal, but it is not quite enough. The Saints uh, will advance to play at Minnesota on Sunday. Um, Stoyo, what do you think of this battle in New Orleans? It was a great battle. I think that uh, the Saints are the most complete team right now. Yeah. And it was nice to see Drew Brees just unleash like his old self. They're going to be really difficult to beat. One thing I'll say is the Saints could have ended the game earlier and they kind of let Carolina get back into the game. Yeah. I was hoping that Cam Newton could somehow bring them back, and he almost did. Yeah. Uh, Sean Payton had a questionable uh, fourth down conversion attempt, which I did not understand when he ended up throwing the ball on fourth and two with, I don't know, less than two minutes to go. And luckily for him, a Panther player intercepted the ball instead of batting it down. But yeah. to me, that was a call I did not understand. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I could not agree with the intentional grounding call at the end of the game. I think that Cam Newton was out of the pocket. It just shows again how some refing decisions this weekend were just horrible, especially when other refs on that uh, game were questioning if that was an intentional grounding and talked about it before they made a decision to still call into them intentional grounding. It's not the way I want to see a comeback end, but it is what it is. Well, I'd say this, that that call was uh, questionable, and I think another call that was questionable was the interception. I feel like that could have been uh, ruled incomplete. And uh, but it wasn't. It was ruled an interception, and they didn't even uh, look at it on review. So um, a couple questionable calls in this game. But uh, Cam Newton had his opportunity. Um, he threw it up to uh, Devin Funchess in the end zone, and it looked like Funchess could have made a play on it. Fox Sports anal- analyst Shannon Sharp on Twitter talking about that play when Cam Newton threw it up to Funchess. Quote, Funchess got to make that play. It's just that simple. NFL wide receiver must make that play, especially a number one or number two. Maybe um, maybe the Panthers interim GM Martin Herney should have kept wide receiver Calvin Benjamin after all. Could have used him there at the end. What do you think of this game, Gavin? Uh, pretty good battle. Yeah, I think that this was a... Uh really good example of why the Saints are going to be such a tough team uh, during the playoffs um, as they continue on. Uh, they really had been relying on the running game um, throughout the season. This is only Drew Brees' fourth game over 300 yards this season. Wow. Um, where if, if you look at his last three seasons, he had 10, 10, and 8 games over 300 yards passing. Um, and in this uh in this game where Carolina was obviously dedicated to stuffing the run with Kamara only getting 23 and Ingram 22 on the ground. Um, Drew Brees had to step up and he uh, had no problems doing that. Uh, 376 yards on uh, 11.4 yards per attempt is really, really good. Um, And it just shows that they're 
their offense is going to be really, really tough to handle for whatever defense they face. Um, and, you know, Carolina has a stout defense themselves. So, yeah, um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see how they face the Vikings. And then if they continue on, assuming that the Eagles make it because they also have uh, top five defenses, I believe. Yeah, and to your point, Stoyle, I would say that it, it I believe it was fourth and two. It was around uh, midfield. I'm usually uh, an advocate for going forward on fourth down with the clock so little. I think that um, I, I'm always in a, f- a fan of going for the kill. And when you got a quarterback like Drew Brees, you, you should go for the kill. You don't want a star quarterback like Cam Newton to have a shot at possibly winning the game. That being said, the Saints defense has been a lot better this year. And uh, so maybe punting would have been the better option, but it worked out for them in the end. Um, so we'll see how uh, if they make any adjustments going forward. Um, looking forward into the divisional round, let's make some predictions. Uh, Saturday we have the Falcons at the Eagles. This is a tough game for me to pick. What do you guys think? What do you think, Stoyle? I think the Falcons are going to take that yeah. game. I think they're coming on hot at the right time. Won a few games in a row now, and they've been there before. They want to avenge what happened last year. So I'm going to pick them. They're yeah. fortunate that Carson Wentz is not going to be playing. So and they're favored, like I said earlier. So yeah. I have them. What do you think, Gavin? Um, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with, oh man, this is a tough one. I, I know. I knew and I changed my mind with every word. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think, oh gosh, it's real t- I think I'm going Philly, actually. Wow. Um, my mind, it's gonna be an outdoor game, uh, it's gonna be cold there in Philadelphia, and Matt Ryan is known for struggling outdoors, um, and away. You've got both of those situations here. Um, I know that the uh, L.A. game was also outdoors, but I don't really consider Southern California um, much of a outdoor game. So. But he's Matty Ice. <laughs> yeah. It's too cold then. <laughs> too cold. I've heard, uh, yeah, this is a very tough pick, and maybe I've been disrespecting the Falcons all year long. I didn't pick him to win Week 17. I didn't pick him to win in the wild card round. And, uh, man, this is a tough pick. You know what? I'm with you, Gavin. I got the Eagles. I don't, I might, uh, regret it, but I think the Eagles find a way. Um, I think they'll get pressure on Matty Ice. Yeah, I got the Eagles. I think the defense is going to be upset. They're like, why are, why are we, uh, underdogs at home as the one seed? So. We'll see how it goes. Saturday. Reminder to the listeners at home that the Rams uh, gave up two scores to the Falcons by those uh, special teams plays. So assuming plays like that don't happen, uh, that Rams game is a lot tighter. So you you can't just look at the final score and just assume the Falcons are that much better than the Rams. So. Um, that's another reason why I opted to go for Philadelphia. Yeah, and I feel like Nick Foles is a decent backup, and his main job in this game is going to be don't turn the ball over. Um, let the running backs do their thing, let the defense do their thing, and keep the game close, and maybe they can win it in the end. 
Um, Saturday night will be the Titans at the Patriots. I was really hoping for a better matchup here, but it is what it is. Titans at Patriots. I don't have much faith in Tennessee. What do you think, Stoyle? Well, I think the only way that Tennessee wins, if uh, Mariota keeps fighting himself, <laughs> uh, when he targets himself, he has 131 QB ratings. So <laughs> keep chucking it to yourself, Mariota, and you got to take down the big back Patriots. Yeah, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Patriots have some drama in the locker room this week. Maybe that'll distract them. Uh, I have oh, that was, that was the joke I was going to make. <laughs> Do you think that Derrick Henry can uh, keep up? I mean, Derrick Henry went off against the Chiefs. Do you think that he'll have similar success against New England? No. Yeah. I think that this is going to be a 35-10 score. Wow. That's going to be a blowout. Hopefully not. I like good football in the playoffs, so hopefully Titans. Mariota, use I your... Think- Use your legs, Mariota. Yeah. What do you think, Gavin? Yeah, I've got the Patriots in this one. I think this is going to be like, you know, in the beginning of the uh, uh, college football season where Alabama and Clemson go and play those Division Three games you know, <laughs> to warm up. I yeah. think this is going to be one of those games. Wow. I, I mean, I'm going to pick the Patriots here, but I'm going to pick a, a closer game. I feel like... Mariota, use your legs, run for 100 yards or something, do something crazy, throw some touchdowns to yourself. Derrick Henry, you know, keep it up. Who knows what will happen. Um, Is there any way Tennessee shocks the world? Maybe, but I I mean, who knows with the drama going on in the, in the locker room? Maybe that will distract him. I don't know. That's all we can really hope for. I mean, you're going up against, uh, you know, Tom Brady. That pretty much sums it up right there. Um, what if Tom Brady gets hurt and then Hoyer is thrown in? That's there you go. There's a way the Titans could win. It, <laughs> Titans got to hope for Brian Hoyer at quarterback. Um, Sunday the Jags play at Pittsburgh. Um, this to me is a more interesting. Uh, do they have a shot? Stoyo, do the Jags have a shot in Pittsburgh? According to Ben Roethlisberger, they do not. Yeah. And he claimed that he wanted to face them, and now he's facing them. So this is a revenge game for uh, Pittsburgh, and especially for Roethlisberger, who had five picks when he played them earlier this year. So, So how many picks do you think Ben Roethlisberger throws on Sunday? One. One, all right. Yeah, it's going to be a hell of a game, a hell of a matchup. We'll see if Antonio Brown is at 100% or close to it. Um, We'll see if Blake Boros can bounce back. He can't really do any worse than he did against Buffalo. And uh, the Fournette's going to be a big factor in this game as well. How do you see this going, Gavin? Yeah, I think they're going to lean very heavily on Leonard Fournette. Um, He had 181 yards and two touchdowns on the ground when they played uh, back in week five, and that was when Ryan Shazier was still around yeah. and playing. Um, Blake Bortles, they didn't need him at all. He only had 95 yards. So um, I think that this is going to be if very focused on Fournette uh, on both teams. I think that the Pittsburgh knows they don't have to worry about Bortles. They need to stop Fournette and 
Uh, you would hope that the Jaguars know the same thing, so they would uh, focus on getting him the ball, keeping it out of Roethlisberger's hands. Um, and Antonio Brown is supposed to play. Yeah. Um, at least that's the latest news that I've heard. So um, that's that's going to be big, and it should be uh, it sh- should be a really good matchup when the Steelers have the ball because you're going to be have one of the most potent passing attacks versus uh, one of the top passing defenses in the league. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be very interesting. I think that, um, I don't know, I think Jacksonville could, I what if Jacksonville was not really expecting much from Buffalo and played down to their competition? Maybe Bortles wasn't, you know, thought that he could just go out there and wing it. Maybe they'll be ready to go against Pittsburgh. Uh, I, I would think they would be, but then on the other side, if anybody's ready to face Jacksonville, it's Ben Roethlisberger. So that's going to be a hell of a game. I got the Steelers, but I think it's going to be a close game. Um, And then the last game of the week will be Sunday night, Saints at Vikings. Um, Another great game. Um, Where do you see this one going, Stoyle? Since I picked the Saints to go to the Super Bowl, I'm going to have to go with the Saints. Wow. Even though it's going to be a difficult game. Yeah. Um. the Panthers' game plan was to make Drew Brees beating them, and if that's the game plan, you're in trouble because Drew Brees is a great QB. I don't know how you stop that offense. So if anyone has a shot, it's, I believe, the best defense in football right now, which are the Vikings. So if it's going to happen, the Vikings will be able to do it. If not... I don't know. It's just so hard when you have to defend against some all those weapons that they have. Those yeah. two running backs, Michael Thomas is a great underrated wide receiver. He has got the most balls uh, by a second-year player. <laughs> yeah. So, Wait. Like, I'll pick the Saints by maybe six. Nice. What do you think, Gavin? Uh, this is a really intriguing matchup for me. Um, as much as I was singing Drew Brees' praise earlier, um, I uh, also tried to caveat that with the fact that Carolina dedicated themselves to shutting down the run and stopping Kamara and Ingram, so they had to lean very heavily on Brees. Um, and uh, while Ginn did have a, 115 yards, 80 of those were from one uh, from one pass, yeah. uh, although to his credit, he did make some other uh, contested shorter yardage ones that were crucial to the game, too. So not trying to take away from his uh, his outing. But um, Minnesota has the number two rushing defense in the league. So I don't think they will um, have to uh, change their game plan all that much to try and shut down the running game of the Saints. But um, why I think this is so interesting is because they have uh, quite possibly the best corner in the league right now in Xavier Rhodes. Yep. And if he can shut down Michael Thomas in the passing game and the front four, front seven can stop Kamara and Ingram, uh, Drew Brees is going to have to uh, find the, the smaller names on his team and they're going to have to step up on offense. Um, players like Ted Ginn, and Brandon Coleman and Josh Hill, the tight end. So, uh, and Willie Sneed, really, he needs to step it up. He's had a really disappointing season. This should be, this could be his time to shine. Um, so, between that and then the corners of the Saints uh, faced against the two uh, 
two receivers, uh, Diggs and Thielen yeah. for Minnesota. I think that's going to be the most interesting. See if uh, Keenum can stay upright with uh, Cameron Jordan barreling down on him constantly. Yeah. But as far as picks go, um, I, I, I got the Saints, but I think it's going to be uh, – this could be the – this should be the best game of the weekend, I think. Yeah, I agree. And uh, I'm glad both of you picked the Saints because you know where I'm going. Um, if anyone can take down Drew Brees and that running attack and those those weapons, it's going to be the best defense in football, the Purple People Eaters. Um, <laughs> Xavier Rhodes, Harrison Smith, Anthony Barr, Everson Griffin. I can keep naming them, but that defense is nasty. Um, I'm a Kyle Rudolph fan, Stephon Diggs. Um, I think that Latavius Murray might play a important part in this game as well. I think it's going to be a great game. I agree. It's going to be the game of the weekend. It'll probably be a close game. But uh, I got the Vikings and Case Keenum getting to the NFC Championship as a starter, which is a crazy, crazy year for him. Um, and I agree. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore versus Stefan Diggs or Adam Thielen, whichever one he picks, is going to be the matchup to watch. Um. I'm going to say Vikings uh, 23, Saints 20. So, looking forward to it. Um, should be a hell of a week. Thanks for coming on, guys. You got anything more to add going into divisional round? Uh, yeah, I'm hoping that the refs are going to be better this week. Yeah, seriously. Because the past week was just awful. And when you have Mike Pereira... An old NFL ref said, tweeted, horrible way to start the playoffs. I hate to say, but this was not a good performance by the crew. Teams and fans deserve better. Yeah. He said it best, and he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Just too many mistakes in too many games. Yeah, I'll say this. Refs, you're there to make sure the game's even, and when it comes down to the end, when it comes down to important parts of the game, just stay the hell out of the way and let the players figure it out. It's the playoffs. We're not paying to watch the refs. We're not uh, We're not sitting down in front of our TVs to watch the zebras, and we're not wearing zebra jerseys uh, when we go out. So hopefully it's a hell of a weekend, and hopefully it's some clean football. So thanks for coming on, guys. Yep. Another solid week. We'll be back for the divisional round next week. Uh, don't forget to subscribe and tune in. And thanks for coming on, guys. Steve Wilkes, come to Detroit. <laughs> I do wear my Ed Ockley jersey out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, on that note, peace out.